Welcome, welcome, welcome back to We Like That, because we like that. I'm Calvin. I'm Javon. And what are we going to start with today, Javon? So I just want to say a quick thank you to you guys who have been listening uh, so far for our three little episodes. <laughs> that last episode, there's a lot of listeners. So thank you for tuning in and checking it out. Yeah, thank you. Wow. So sincere. <laughs> what? Okay. So sincere. I'm so sincere. So anyway, we're going to start off with my favorite things that just happened, which is pop culture catch up with Calvin because he does not pay attention to anything. Because it doesn't make any sense. And I don't know if you, you guys can't see it, but I'm getting a whole... Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. TED Talk. I'm getting a whole TED Talk. It's a little PowerPoint. And a PowerPoint presentation. Calvin is a visual learner. I thought I'd do this for him. <laughs> He's talking like I'm slow. <laughs> okay. So, Smokey Robinson's dropping a new album called Gasm. Quiet Storms, Blowing. Wait, what, what's the name of it again? Gasms. So. That's a lot of Blue Chew and Viagra, huh? What is Blue Chew? What is Blue Chew? Is that Viagra? Viagra on steroids. That's it's it's Viagra know. on steroids? Yes. It's worse than Viagra? Yes. Oh, why do you know about it? Because all the dudes who can't get it up talk about it. Are you implying yourself? I do not need Bluetooth. You never had that problem. Okay. Sober or not non-sober. I just have more questions then about how you know that. So I can see him. He's going to be dropping a new album April 28th. And people do a, a commercial for it, Bluetooth. Okay. He's dropping an album on April 28th called Gasms. He's an 82-year-old who hasn't dropped an album in the last 14 years. I actually heard a snippet of it. That voice is not the same anymore. Gasms for you in your mind. Okay. I'm going to put it in your behind. Oh, my God. So the track list includes Gasms, How You Make Me Feel, I Want to Know Your Body. Ah, oh, ski, 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 ski. I Keep Calling You, Roll Around. And you're not answering. Rolled around. And I fell off the bed. Besides, if we don't have each other. Then I'm just by myself. And, uh, and you fill me up. A lot. And I fit in there. Perfectly. So. Unless you've been cheating, then there's a whole different ball game going on. And then talking about the title of it, because naturally everybody's like, gasms? And he's like, listen, when you say gasms, most people think of orgasms. But gasm is any good feeling you have. I have never heard anybody use gasm to say that they really like something. First of all, I don't think of gasms at all. <laughs> so there's that to start off with. Oh, by the way, I've been drinking margaritas. So I'm feeling nice. Okay. So then we have fashion news, which Calvin is always very, very interested in. That is sarcasm. He has no idea what I'm about to talk about. So La Roche has retired. Who? La Roche. And the baby Jesus and uh, Johnny Cochran is La Roche. La Roche is a celebrity stylist. He was the fashion uh, expert that they hired to be a judge on Legendary, the ballroom show on HBO. That's, that's a, that show they go dance, dance, boom, 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 dance, dance, boom, 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 hit the ground, boom, dance, dance, duck, what, duck, what, pond, 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 duck, what, duck, what, pond, pond. Is that that show? No, they don't say anything like that at all. But that, I could see why that's what you take from that show. Anyway, 
That's exactly what they say. That is not. So uh, basically, Roach, Roach is tired of all of the politics that comes with his job. He won't say exactly what pushed him over the edge, but just that, you know, he feels that this business is no longer just about the clothes. If it was, he'd do it for the rest of his life, but it's not. It's filled with politics, lies, false narratives, and those others finally got him. They won. He's out. They won. They got me. So, LaRoche is known for being the celebrity stylist for Zendaya, particularly. Uh, she's done several. In- she's done several interviews where she said that lost styling is what helped change her public perception from being a Disney kid to an adult actress. Um, and it was through this relationship that she actually was able to get a brand ambassadorship for Louis Vuitton. Unfortunately, a week prior to Law announcing his retirement, they were at a Louis Vuitton fashion show and it looked like he was snubbed. The rumor is that the owner of Louis Vuitton uh, basically cut him out of a deal as part of that ambassadorship and wanted to humiliate him. So you see him arriving for the fashion show with Zendaya. They go to the front row. Zendaya gets her front seat. And Roach does not have a front seat. Oh, they put him in the back of the bus like Rosa Parks? Well, so the the mini clip we get, you see Zendaya sit down and then she's looking around because there's no other free seats. And Roach is standing there looking for a chair. Zendaya points behind her to the second row and he shakes his head no. So he could have still been close to the stage, but that's beneath him or something? Well, I mean, it is, in terms of the fashion world, it is a bit of a snub. If you show up to the front row with your celebrity and then there's not a seat for you and you're just standing there, it's a little humiliating. So celebrities just take their stylists to these things with them? I don't know. No one goes by themselves? No, no one goes by themselves. Everybody has some sort of entourage that they're with because the whole point of it is being seen. So yeah, no, they don't go by themselves. But I don't know necessarily that their celebrity stylist sits in the front row with them. That part I don't know. But but either way, that whole thing happened. And then right after that, he announced his retirement. And so... (gasps) Too much. The audacity of them not letting me sit in the front. Listen, a lot of the fashion girlies are really, really shook that he's retiring. And what is this going to mean for other people's careers? Especially Zendaya's. They're wondering what's going to happen now with her that he's not styling her. She's going to continue to make money and be in movies. I, yeah, well, I mean, yeah. So that happened. And then they also so announced... So I didn't know her talent was tied to her clothes. Well, they're saying that he helped propel her, basically. Because she's... You don't follow the Met Gala, but she... At all. Debuted at the Met Gala with this, like, Cinderella dress that, like, got everybody off guard. It was, like, the talk of the town for a very long time. And he kept helping her win these looks like that up until now. And now he's retired. Sure. Well, so also Jonathan Majors, Calvin's favorite actor, is going to be cast as Dennis Rodman (laughs) in a movie. (laughs) Why is Dennis Rodman getting a movie? It is regarding... They just give people anything now. Well, so apparently they're going to tell the story of the 48 Hours in Vegas that he had in the middle of the 1998 NBA Finals. Stop. The Bulls versus Stop. the Jazz. Stop. We already know what happened. It was in that Michael Jordan documentary. We only took know. 19 episodes to do. We only know Michael Jackson, or Michael Jackson's, Michael Jordan's perception, wow. which was that they were in the That's middle of Finals. 
how is it a fraud? I don't think you know what that term means. But they were in the middle of, of finals. And then Rodman disappeared. And he needed him to come back. That's he all we know. He didn't disappear. They knew where he went. They, everyone knew where he was going. Mm-hmm. He said he was going to go to Vegas. <laughs> everyone knew where he was going. So number one, he didn't disappear. He didn't go poof. And they're like, where the hell is Dennis? But no. no but no one knows what he did. Yeah. They know what he did. What, what did he do then? He drank, partied. Everyone know what he did. Drank, and partied. Gambled, That's and it. gambled. Yeah. Interesting, Calvin. What else you do? What did he do? Go there to make a, a coat? Out of yarn? Well, they're doing a whole movie around it, so maybe he did a lot of stuff that we don't know about. You want to hear the movie? Hey. Hey, Phil. I need some time off. I need a break. Well, Dennis, you know we're in the finals right now. You can't give me a break. I need a break. Okay, Dennis. We're going to let you go. Thanks, Phil. Okay. Vegas. Well, Michael, where the hell is, where the hell is Dennis? I'm just saying. He's in Vegas. Let's go get him. You're making this sound like Ramen was like this casual guy. No. Didn't really do anything. He partied. That's it. Okay. It's going to be, um, what's that stupid movie that they go to Thailand and the Dennis Ramen's in it and they do all this stuff. There's a monkey in it at some point. They go to Thailand and Dennis Ramen is in it. There's a monkey and there's taggers. It's, um, it's just, uh, one of those cult classic drinking movies. Okay. That's what you think they're trying to do with this. Make it a cult classic drinking movie. And then Michael Jordan goes to get him and Carmen Electra is hiding behind a couch somewhere. Mm-hmm. That's it. I just feel like in your head, you've said all of the points, but you skipped a whole bunch of spaces for people who don't even know who Dennis Rodman is or Carmen Electra. First of all, no one cares. That's two things. <laughs> so it doesn't matter. Anyway, Rodman's going to be a producer on this. Um, and this comes right off of the tail of a controversy that Jonathan Majors also had regarding the Ebony cover he recently did for Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um, he was dressed basically like Don Flamingo from One Piece. The stylist that did this for Ebony's cover is a huge One Piece fan. And when they displayed this cover or unveiled this cover, I'll, there was a lot of conversation about demasculating and feminizing black men, blah, 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 blah. Just because there's pink. So it was. So it's going to be interesting to see what the discourse is going to be when he's dressed as Rodman. Because Dennis Rodman at this time went full drag. He was wearing wigs, makeup, dresses, the whole shebang. Heels. He did not care about gender norms. He's not doing all that for this movie. If what you said is true, that they're going to try to make this like a drink movie, that's absolutely what they're going to do. I don't think he's going to do all that. Okay. Okay. I'm just saying, this is at the height of Dennis Rodman being outlandish for the time frame. It, it was at the height of it. Okay, cool. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Okay. I'm just hilarious that he's getting his own biopic for no reason. It's whatsoever. not even a biopic. They're just talking about those 48 hours. Uh, it's not even a full Dennis Rodman show. Sure. Well, I guess. Mm-hmm. And that's it for the pop culture. What did you think, Al? I like how we. I don't know anything that's going on because I don't care. Okay. Because it doesn't make sense. And people get upset and bent out of shape over things that don't really matter. Because fame has gotten to them so to the point to where they don't know whether they're coming what or not. What is this in reference to? What are you even talking about? I have about? no idea. It's just like the pop culture thing. Yeah, it makes no sense. Okay, no more margaritas for Calvin. like that we like that 
New episodes drop weekly, so subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platforms. Because you know we like that. Watched SWV and Escape, the queens of R&B. Yes. Okay, well, so <laughs> the first two episodes are available on Peacock, and that's how we watched it. You can also watch it on Bravo. Peacock? And I thought it was reality junk food goodness. I haven't seen the first um, Escape reality Scrumptulescent. show. Scrumptulescent. Have you seen the first Escape reality show? No, I know it was a train wreck. Oh, well, okay. So anyway, we have Escape, we have SWV, and it looks like the girls of SWV are trying to get a 30th anniversary shindig off the ground. We see them practicing, and then their manager is like, hey, do you want to reach out to Escape? They're also about to celebrate their 30th anniversary of being a group. Maybe we can do something together. And the SWV ladies are on board with that idea. They bring it up to the Escape Girls. However, there is drama. I wanted to touch on the SWV drama because they barely have any real quick. S-S-S-W-R-V. So it turns out Coco, Taj, and Lily have been a group since the early 90s. And they never got along. Coco readily admits that they could not stand each other, meaning herself versus Taj and Lily. Like the, they didn't get together and figure it out. Ego was were in the mix, and Coco broke up the group to go solo. Pretty much, it was Coco's uh, ego uh-huh. because pretty much she led majority of the songs, mm-hmm. like all the hits, okay, all the songs. Okay, Taj did a couple of things here and there. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if Lily did some. She didn't do much. Okay. I can tell you that much. Okay. Oh, I don't remember. Okay. But Coco was the main singer. So when Coco left, it's pretty much, it was done. So in these first two episodes, at least, for all intents and purposes, the girls are like, we may not like each other, but we don't have to like each other to get this money. <laughs> We're trying to be secure. So they're like, okay, let's go ahead and reach out to Escape and see what they think. They reach out to Escape. And almost everybody is on board. So Tiny, Candy, Tamika are on board. But Tasha, or Latasha, is not. And then we find out there's a whole bunch more drama that's unveiled in just the escape group itself. Um, They talk about how after the 2021 Versus... It's the escape group felt they were going to get a lot more opportunities their way and nothing happened. They want to change their management. They being Candy, Tiny, and Tamika want to change their management. We find out that the management they're using is actually friends with Tasha's husband. So they're trying to figure out what to do with that. Um, The group members also aren't on the same page. At all. And um, because Tasha, for whatever reason, is keeping like one foot out the group. And she's being real cryptic about it. And then we find out she's got drama going on with her sister, Tamika. Because if you don't know, the first, the real, the reason Escape broke up in the 90s, mm-hmm. was it the 90s? Yeah, it was the 90s. They broke in 98. Because the two sisters was beefing with pretty much, I want to say Candy. Okay. I think they're so, going to address it in this show. So, they thought Candy was getting too much credit and singing too much lead. I have more questions. Was she singing lead? Yeah, Candy was mainly the lead singer. 
did it start off that way or she became that way? It's how it started off. Okay. And Tiny sings here and there and everybody else sings here and there. It's pretty much Candy and the Tasha who does most of the singing. Okay. There's a, I think Tiny had a song where it was a hit single. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but Candy, but her bass voice does most of the singing. Okay. Okay. Because at that time, that little raspy kind of melodic sound mm-hmm. was in okay. Atlanta because of TLC, okay. T-Pause. Right. So, she led most of the vocals and for some reason, the sisters didn't like her. So, that's why the group broke up. Okay. And two, one of the sisters put out there that uh, Candy was possibly messing with Jermaine Dupri. To get ahead, supposedly. To get ahead. That's why she was getting all the stuff. So that that was Tamika, apparently, who put that out there. But Tamika and Candy have since made up because now Tamika and Tasha are fighting. And it becomes a big proponent of the storyline for the first two episodes. With Tamika not understanding why her and her sister can't meet eye to eye. They talk about an incident that happened where... Uh, they were all doing a show together, all four of them. And Candy and Tamika got locked out of their dressing room. And Tasha decided to leave, apparently. I thought Tasha and Tamika got locked out. No, Candy and Tamika got locked out of their dressing rooms. Okay. And Tasha just took off. She just left. And it was just like, what is happening? And apparently, Tamika was paying her or paying them to be there or something. And she left. Tamika was responsible for them to be there. So it was hurting her money if she wasn't going to be there kind of situation. She, I think she was the one who brokered the deal for them to do the performance. But um, so it started out, it seemed to have started with that because they were texting back and forth. And Tamika made some comments about Latasha's body, which really, I guess, really got under Latasha's skin. Basically, she said, I'll kiss your ass if you had an ass to kiss. Basically. Yeah. Which, whatever. Exactly. Well, maybe she's dealing with some stuff. So then uh, their mother calls, I guess, for them to both come to her house so that she can hash it out for them, Tamika and Latasha. So Tamika goes to her mom's house and and it starts off very, like, you know, something's about to happen because they're already throwing attitude at each other. They're like, oh, we hug now. What is this about? And then we get into the nitty gritty, which turns out that Tamika also has some feelings about the fact that she thinks her sister stole money from her in terms of royalty checks. Then her mom had the black Cassidy to say maybe she needed it more. How the hell does she need my money more than me? And Tamika's little aside, she says that her mom always sides with Latasha, always. And we kind of see that in the fight when they start fighting about stuff. The mom is quick to take up for Latasha. The mom also wants them to stop filming because now they're talking about real stuff and she don't want all that business out there. But well, What in the Rosa Parks do you mean she needs my money more than me? And Tamika's aside, there was a group that or an organization that helps artists find their royalties because it's hard to, to keep track of everything. Investigator Joe found this out. Investigator Joe. Nobody named Investigator Joe. But um, apparently Tiny's mom. Your name is Investigator Joe. Oh, thank you. Apparently Tiny's mom was the one who found this organization where they look for those royalties and then they try to make sure you get your money. Um, I'm trying to think of what the name Sound Exchange. So it's an organization called Sound Exchange. And she signed up the girls. The girls weren't aware that this was going on. Tiny's mom started this. And I guess in the registration process of it all, she got Candy 
Candy's mother was signed up for Candy. So she sent all her checks to Candy's mom. And, you know, checks went to Tiny, checks went to Tamika, checks went to Latasha. However, the checks that were supposed to go to Tamika went to an address that wasn't Tamika's. It took Tiny's mom reaching out to Tamika for Tamika to even know that checks were even being issued like that. And once she figured out what was going on, when she contacted that group to find out what to do with her checks, they told her, the sound exchange group told her that not only had her checks already been picked up, they'd been deposited. Someone had cashed out those checks. And according to Tamika, that somebody was Latasha and her husband, Rocky. And supposedly she has receipts on it, but in order for her to get that money back, she'd have to pursue like a legal action against her sister and she didn't want to do all that. Also, the person who filled in all those details was Candy Burris on her YouTube series. So it's very interesting how all of that is shaking down. But Tiny's mom backs up Tamika's story. And when Tamika says all of this to her mom in the episode, first of all, her mom wants her to shut down all the cameras. But then we find out that her mom, that Tamika's mom told her, listen, maybe they had their reasons and maybe they needed that money more than you did. There's holy oil being thrown everywhere. Get out of my house, Satan. I'm like, oh, oh here we go. It's just, but at the time, Tamika needed that money. She was pregnant and she had another daughter in college. It was a whole thing. So the sisters are splitting on that. They have beef around that. Um, meanwhile, <laughs> Tasha is trying to get a, a gospel deal. Possible. She secured that deal. Okay. So, but in the show, we see her in negotiation. It looks like negotiations with Motown Gospel about doing a solo album. Uh, but she, there's been news recently that she already, not only did she sign, but she's got an album about to drop and she already released a single. But if she's doing gospel, can she also do Escape? No. Oh, you want me to tell, you want me to say why? Yeah. Because you can't serve two masters. Okay, what's that mean? Meaning, in Christian theology, you can only serve God. You can't serve the devil too. So you got to pick which one you're going to serve. Number one. Number two, she was not an established gospel artist, then went to R&B and came back. Mm -hmm. She's trying to start the opposite way around, which gospel people frown upon that. Mm -hmm. They're very, very picky and stingy with their money. Mm -hmm. So authenticity matters a lot in gospel music. Mm Mm-hmm. You can be gospel already and backslide or do whatever and fall short. They'll be, they'll, will, they, they will forgive you and still follow you and listen to your music. But you just can't come from the outside world mm-hmm. or the world and then think you're going to dabble in and then not really be in. Okay. They want a commitment. Okay. And they want a full commitment. Okay. There's no dabbling back and forth. So what happened was, I'm pretty sure that single probably didn't go nowhere because she was dabbling back and forth. It just got released. The single just got released. Okay, so we'll see what happens. But I'm pretty sure not too much is going to happen because she's still in the worldly things. And the old Christian heads don't play that. First of all, you got to be able to sing. If you can't sing, mm-hmm. like, I mean, not get up there and hold a tune. I mean, actually, literally sing. To Jesus, damn, they want to come back and, and hear you. Mm-hmm. If you can't do that, they're not buying your album. They're not coming to the shows. They're not coming to the whatever. They're not doing it. 
gospel people are really particular with their money. So you have to be in it. Right. If you're halfway in it, it's not going to work. That's why during that meeting, that dude was like, I just want to see where you're at. Right. Because if you're not fully committed, mm-hmm. they know it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. It, it probably won't work if you're fully committed. It depends. Okay. So that's why Michelle that from uh, Destiny's Child, mm-hmm. the one that keeps falling off stages, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's why she really can't get into the gospel scene like she wants to. Okay. Because... People still think she's out there in the world. Mm-hmm. Now, if after a period of time she's shown that's where she want to be, then she might start really making the numbers. Okay. But the reason, and I know people be like, well, Mary Mary had that crazy TV show and they were doing all that stuff. Well, Mary Mary was established gospel artist. Well, Kirk Franklin had his little thing where he's addicted to porn and all that stuff. And he's like, he was already an established gospel artist. Okay. He fell short, repented, and came back. Okay. Even Kirk Franklin had it hard because the style of music he was doing. Okay. It was too much, too close to R&B or worldly music. Mm -hmm. But he made it work. He got enough of the gospel fan base. And two, what they're really trying to do Mm -hmm. is they're trying to get both. Okay. They're trying to be on secular stations and be on gospel stage to, to get pick off both audience. Because mm-hmm. I guarantee a lot of Mary Mary Kirk Franklin fans probably don't even go to church. Okay. So that's the whole thing with the Motown thing. She's going to have to go all the way. As I don't think it's not going to work if she dabbles between two. Because she's not an established enough artist. She didn't start on that side. It'll be interesting to see how this plays out. Because if she does like you say, decided to be a gospel artist, that she can't do anything with SWV. You mean escape? Oh, I'm sorry, escape. No, she can't. But I also wonder why then is she playing them right now? Like, why is she stringing them along? We know that she's going to make this decision to go gospel. Because she doesn't know what's waiting on the other side. Interesting. Interesting. I also want to know why she's turning away from guaranteed money. I guess maybe she feels it's not worth it to be that stressed. And just wants to go for this other direction. She probably wants to be able to sing her own songs at the same time, uh-huh. too. They keep referencing that she was supposed to have a solo deal way back when in the 90s, but it got shelved and Candy got the deal instead. Like, they keep talking about this particular thing. I One, know. I didn't even know Candy had a solo album. I don't know. <laughs> Two, do you think maybe that is part of what's feeding her idea to go solo and do gospel? Is for her to get her moment to shine as a solo artist? No, I think she's trying to use uh, Escape as, in this concert or whatever, as a way to put her new music out there at the same time doing Escape. But what you just said... She could do that for free. How is it free? Because she can be like, I want to negotiate me doing just a solo song or whatever. Mm -hmm. And you guys doing backup or me just doing a solo song by myself. Mm Mm-hmm. They could be like, yay or nay. Okay. If they say yeah, that's a way for her to get her single off the ground and get the two audiences that she want. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? That's only if it works. But you just said she can't do both. For the gospel people, she can't do both. Okay. You and me, it doesn't matter. Okay. But if for the gospel, the true gospel people, the, the holy rollers, as uh-huh. they call them. Mm-hmm. Jesus is on my mind when I wake up and Jesus is on my mind when I go to sleep. Mm-hmm. She can't do it. 
Right. She can't do both. Okay. That's the problem she's having. I can't help but think of the money aspect. Because I think Rocky is also her manager. Because he was in on that deal. And he was really trying to hype her up. To also be um, somebody who should get this deal landed. And I just thought his involvement in managing her the way that he is, is a little creepy and a little heavy handed. But it's it feels like, or it looks like, it's something that's been established. Like he's just that into everything that she's doing on a regular basis. There's a whole clip where Candy makes the comment that Tasha can't do anything without her brain, meaning Rocky. And he is all up in her ear whispering something before she can answer a question regarding how she feels about something to one of the producers of the show. Yeah, I guess that's what control freaks do. <laughs> I don't know. I just find yeah. it interesting. So that is what's going on with that. Um, I'm interested to see what's going to happen and if this show is going to come to fruition at all are they going to manage to get on the same page is tasha going to be able to figure out how to be a part of swv and do this gospel thing i want to see who's going to headline because they're supposed to co-headline egos that's what they came up with well that was what was offered so in the commercial in the commercials you'll see you see swv you see coco going why can't we be co-headliners and you see candy telling them we want to be the headliners. <laughs> we want to be the headliners. We want to be top billed. And it's like, what is go even going on? Like, first of all, SWV brought it to them. Why would they then be the lower build act? Like, why, why couldn't they be co-headliners? True, true statement. Right. So it'll be interesting to see. I also don't know what we're fighting for. And or, well, or what these egos are about. None of us have had records or singles out on mainstream radio in a minute. Neither one of us. But their music was so good in the 90s, they can throw off that until we die. That is so true. But I also want to argue that SWV, in my mind, my opinion, is the bigger group. They did less albums, sold more, have more hits associated with them off of that smaller number. Escape has more albums, but less hits and less units sold overall. Yeah, but they have the bigger catalog. Not really. Yeah, people know more of their songs than they do SWV. That's not true. When they did their verses, who do you think won public opinion? SWV did. <sighs> because people don't like... It's a lot of stuff that goes into why people don't like Escape, too. Interesting. Interesting. You're saying it's outside factors? Yeah. Escape pretty much SWV used pretty much that New Jack's swing sound. Uh -huh. Their remixes hit. Okay. A lot of their remixes hit too. Mm -hmm. So and they use nice samples in a lot of their remixes too. Mm -hmm. they I honestly I know probably more of their remixes than I do their original songs. Mm -hmm. They just did some good upbeat nice remixes mm -hmm. whereas escape and two you got to realize escape was going against again up against tlc too because they're from the same area okay so you have that going on with them too and they sounded a little like a little like what tlc as well 
Uh-huh. They don't mention TLC at all. They only talk about those two groups. Yeah. Because TLC... TLC is the bigger group out of all three of them. Okay. But they didn't even... They're not even in the... <laughs> But not even in the conversation. It's really just between the two. Yeah, but I'm saying that's what helped held escape back too. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I'm so to... it was just a lot, a lot of factors and variables, and they and people see them more as a hip hop, R and B group than more than an R and B group. Uh-huh. You know. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people that probably saw the SW are traditional R and B lovers. Okay. You know. So that's another thing too. I don't think they sing that much differently than Escape, but I'm gonna say okay. Yeah, cause New Jack Swing, that sound wasn't really considered hip hop. Was Escape considered a hip hop group? Who was the rapper in their group? Tiny. What I'm saying is their beats sounded more hip hop ish. Uh huh. And two, they were signed to Social Death. Everybody sees Social Death as a hip hop label. Uh huh. I think Escape was uh, SWV was signed to Jive or something like that. Uh huh. So that's more of an R and B label. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So the label you sign with two, that shouldn't play a, a, a factor in how people see, but it kind of does play. I'm just saying, uh, according to sources. Mm-hmm. AKA Distractify right now. Mm. SWV sold 11.5 million versus Escape's nine, and they had less albums. SWV had less albums than Escape released. Okay. I'm not arguing with who sold more or whatever. I'm just saying uh-huh. I think a lot of factors played into SWV just had catchier things. And to SW, when SWV came out, it was just them in Vogue. Uh huh. Maybe a couple of female groups at the time. They were at the beginning of the female group blowing up. And then all of a sudden, all these female groups just start coming out. I'm trying to think of what and you're Escape came to. out in the middle of that. Uh-huh. Okay. Because SWV came out in what? 93. 89, 93? 89, 93. When did it come out? 93. 93. So, 93, it wasn't there really that much girl groups. Yes, there were. Who? In Vogue was out around that One. time. Total. Total wasn't out yet. Yes, they were. No, I don't think Total got out. Total came out around uh, Escape Time. Interesting. The one with the with them all singing in the, the chairs. It's like a brown and white video. Changing faces. Changing faces. So you knew exactly what I was talking about. Changing and faces. That's actually a guess. So you still got it right. Yeah. So it wasn't maybe Jade. It wasn't that many. And SWV was able to get the hits because really in Vogue was more, more, more known for their vocals. They had hits, but they were more known for their vocals. I'm just saying, if you, if I'm SWV and I reach out to Escape, and I'm like, let's do a show I'm not together. Saying, I'm not saying you're wrong. And they, they come back with, okay, but we got to be the headliner. I'm going to be like, are you crazy? What yeah, are you talking about? Yeah, I, I, I'm not saying they don't have a right to feel the way they feel. Okay. I'm just saying. Interesantes. They came out in, in, in the, at the beginning of the girl, the girl group blowing up. Uh-huh. They actually kind of, you can make a case that they started the kind of hip-hop-ish, R and B thing. 
How? Who was the rapper, Calvin? You keep saying hip hop is R and B. The beat sounded hip hop. Okay. Okay. It wasn't a traditional R and B beats okay. they were singing over. Okay. That's what I'm talking about. Mary J. Blige used that thing too. Used uh-huh. that to propel her career. She wasn't rap- singing over traditional R&B beats. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. I just find it interesting that with all of this that's going on, Tiny is the one coming out looking like the one who's middle of the road and neutral. With all of their legal issues that they're facing right now, they kept all of those, well, at least for these first two episodes, all those shots of T.I. short. They kept it short. They barely look at anything that's going on with Tiny. It's just her being like, these girls are crazy. We got to figure it out. Are you aware of their issues? I, no. That'll be a pop culture catch up then for next week. Oh God, no. It's a a whole thing happening with them. Oh, someone save me. Anyway, (laughs) anyway, I think it was worth the watch. I plan to continue to watch the rest of how many ever episodes we get from this season. Lord knows if there's going to be another season because it kicked off in high dramatics. I'll be watching too. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. It's actually a good watch. Mm-hmm. Um, just just to see the dynamics of each group and how one group don't really talk, but they can get along enough to get on stage and sing. The mm-hmm. other group just don't like each other. Well, I take that back. The sisters in the group now don't like each other. So now it's going to take God and and Jesus and maybe a little splash of the Holy Ghost to get them on stage together. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But I will say, all talented. They all had these moments where they were just singing off-rip. No auto-tunes. All in tune. The problem is not, can they sing? The problem is, can we get them on stage together so they can sing? Right. That's not the issue. Right. We know they can sing. They come from the era where you had to sing. Yeah. The ending of the era is where you had to be able to sing. Yeah. And... Just being cute wasn't enough. Right. And then you get on stage, you're like, oh, oh my God. She missed, if that song did not sound like that on a CD. It's just interesting. I also need verses to come back. They need to hurry up and come back with something else because the Omarion versus Mario situation was top tier trash in a, in a barrel and I loved it. To the baby four, 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 to, 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 to the baby four. To the baby, I'm like, nigga, don't, I'm sorry. I, oh, God. No matter how many times you say that line, you're not going to hit that note. It was top Stop. tier. It was top, top tier. And Jeremiah, Jeremiah coming, you know. You're more in tune than he was. Hell yeah. And, and Mario, Mario going, oh, God, stop. Oh, Jesus, <laughs> low, low, stop. Oh, God, oh, God. Stop, stop. His, oh, that was the that was the best part. Jeremiah, Jeremiah starts singing, he goes, oh. Uh, oh. Oh, stop. Lord, stop. Jesus Christ, up. Lord. Who, who knew? Who knew? Lord, pray for his voice. Who knew that if you had Ray J... He was so bad that the people were throwing the roses back on stage at him. It w- who knew if you had all of those singers, Mario was the one who was going to come out on top? Who knew? I could have told you that. <laughs> I told you Mario is the one who has the better voice. I was more disappointed than Bobby Valentino. Okay, okay. Sammy was all right. Okay. I was upset with Bobby Valentino because okay. I sat here and vouched for him and I'm like, you sound like <laughs> straight. You sound like a hound dog crying for food. It is. It was incredible. It was an incredible watch. It was so long. People took forever to come out on stage. We got watermelon 
It didn't make no sense. Crumping came back. Oh, it was a whole many. It was a whole last list of hilarious things that happened. And Mario came out on top. It was a great time. Great time. So I need another verses in that vein, please. I'm not right, watching another train wreck like that. I got so many other things I can do with my life. <laughs> in my time. To watch two fools get on. A bunch of fools get on stage. And nobody hit not a damn note except one person. Who else do you think they'd even tap into? Because the reason they pulled them is because they had kind of gone through a lot of people from our generation. Nobody else is doing it. Usher's never going to do it. Who would he even go against? Who would Usher go against? There's nobody to go against Usher. That's the problem. Mm -hmm. It'd have to be somebody like John B. Or it's definitely no, not no damn body from this this generation. I would love it to be John B, but I don't think he has enough hits. Usher has way more. I love John B. They should do a, a white boy off. Who's the other? I know there's another R&B white boy oh, singer. That's very, uh, um, mm -hmm. uh, I don't want to lose our listeners, but that's kind of racial. And it's interesting. I just think it would be hilarious. John B, people sleep on him all the time. He's a fantastic singer. Um, oh, I'm not saying he's not an amazing singer. He's he's amazing. Yeah, he I, has he can he can sing. I agree. That's not. But the who problem. would he go up? Against? I don't know who who would go up against Usher. Robin Thicke. Tap. That's who. Would, that's exactly who it would have to be. It'd have to be Robin Thicke versus John B. Lost without you. Oh my gosh. Can't help myself. How does it feel? I could have got up there on verses and sound better than half. Who dudes. would literally go against Usher? Now I'm really thinking about it. Like who else had Marcus Houston? Maybe if they count his. I wish days? I had. I wish I had a board that can just do crickets. <laughs> Marcus Houston had some hits. He had some hits. That that I want to say that that girl? girl is that song will not be any Usher songs. <laughs> he also had all his immature songs. I think if we count his immature days with his Marcus Houston solo days, I think we might have something. I think so. Crickets, crickets, not crickets. crickets. At least crickets, I came up with somebody. Crickets, crickets, I came up crickets. with two somebodies. Who you got? Nobody. Bobby Valentino. Usher Raymond. Raymond. And Usher Raymond and. Raymond. There's gotta be somebody. Uh, Joe. What do you think about Joe? Okay. Hmm. Except Joe doesn't dance. First of all, vocally, he'll beat Usher. Vocally. Okay. Okay. I agree. That's, I concur. That's about it. Interessantes. Okay, well. That's about it. That's all I can think of for... Was it worth it? I thought it was worth it. If you guys like Trash TV, like we love Trash TV, check it out. Let us know what you think of what's happening in this crazy show. Oh, I wanted to give out the email address. You can still do that. The email address is we like that at gmail.com. Yes, it is. So give us some ideas of what you guys want us to watch. If you guys have something you think we should watch and we can talk about it on the next podcast, maybe. Or just share a comment. What like did you guys watch this stuff? What did you guys think of this stuff? Let us know. We want your feed to the backs. What? Okay, yeah. Feedback. Okay. Lord have mercy. All right, let's go ahead and get into our love after lockup. 
recap synopsis because i'm blaine edwards and i'm somebody yes merriweather yes antoine merriweather antoine merriweather anywho so uh all the couples came out for this episode we only had like three last episode but they remembered oh yeah we have other couples so we're gonna talk about all of them in this new episode actually we don't get puppy and the other and train amber wreck. yeah the other train wreck yeah. But so we got Cameron and Harris, we got Sean and Sarah, we got uh, Lindsay and Blaine, Michael and Justine, uh, Chance and Taylor. Chance and Taylor. Yeah, we got a lot more than we did last episode. So who are we going with? Oh, first? and Monique and Derek, but very briefly. Yes. But let's just knock out Monique and Derek real quick because I didn't even put them as a note in here because it was so small. <laughs> So we pick up from the saga of the end of the fight. Okay, I I, I had the chance to rewatch that fight uninterrupted, and it, again, I also agree it was barely a fight, and it kind of ended as soon as it started. Told you. But okay, so allegedly, there the people that we see in there to try to break up the fight that was hired security that we TV supposedly brought on. So they were expecting a fight. They got the vid- the footage of the fight, and I guess they try to break up that fight. Well, okay. So we see the aftermath. Eliz- I, don't, I don't know how you fight when everybody got twenty inch long nails. Well, they we, can't make a fist. We but, saw okay. how how hurt the girls were afterwards. Because their nails broke off because they couldn't make fists. Yeah. So all the injuries was nail related. That's true. The nails were broken. Um, Elizabeth had scratches on her arm, wigs askew. And the sisters are mad at Derek because they feel like he took Monique's side. Monique's like, or not Monique, but Derek is like, no, no, no. I saw Monique egg you guys on. You, They couldn't let it go. And Derek's aside, he's saying how he can't believe nobody's thinking of him and his safety being he just got out of prison. Dude, you got TV cameras, everybody trying to be famous. No one gives a damn about your freedom. Also, no one wanted to meet up. He kept pushing for Monique and her sisters to meet his sisters. He kept he keeps saying how he wants all of his family and friends to be together to celebrate him now that he's out of prison. Because little John wanted peace. I, I just don't think he understands the current reality that they don't like each other. And forcing yeah. them to like each other is not working. Okay. Okay. Anyway, what did you feel, Calvin? I just felt it was going to happen regardless. The fight? Yes. Okay. What do you think about his perspective that, of his surprise that it went the way that it did? I can't help stupidity. (laughs) I can't fix stupid. Okay. So the fact that he didn't think that was going to happen is amazing to me. True. We, so... They flash it back to Monique, who's just like, she's done. She's over it. She's not trying to be friends with Derek's sisters. And that's it. We don't see no more of them for the rest of the episode. And they're boogity, boogity, boogity gone. Pretty much. All right, so let's jump into Cameron and... Is it Cameron or Cameron? <laughs> it's a down, down, Cameron. I want it to be Cameron, but I think it's Cameron. So Cameron and Eris are back. They are going shopping for furniture. We find out it's the day after their... Beach dinner. So they had the scorpion steak on the beach. That's true. The golden fuse steak. And um, Cameron is acting like he's never seen how lights work before. 
So my dumbass thought he was looking at some high tech mirror and apparently it was just a mirror that had lights around it that goes on and off. Yeah. And apparently it. now he wants to use it as a porno mirror. I don't know what the hell that idiot wants to do. It's like a makeup mirror. So the, there's soft light that helps like accentuate what you're looking at. So it puts you in like the best light, especially if you're doing a selfie or putting on your makeup. It gives you better lighting. That's what it does. Which could work, I guess, in film. It's just very random that he's like, yeah, this would work in a a porno. It's so random. And then he gets lost looking at another light that's like an LED light that's just changing colors. He's in awe. While he's doing all of that, Eris is having a phone call with her friend Priscilla, who apparently is her bestie and who's the closest thing to family for her in Florida. I think Priscilla wants to be her girlfriend. Explain. Why do you think that? It's just, she cares. I guess she cares too much for me. Okay. Like, it's too hard. Is he the family related or I want to be with you? So, in the, as the rest of the episode unveils itself, I think it's in the family way. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't pick up on any love, lust vibes. Okay. Um, but basically, she wants Priscilla to give Cameron the talk. Which confuses me because they are already married. So I don't know what the purpose of having her friend do this is. I like how all these couples do does things in reverse. It's confusing. But basically, (laughs) Priscilla used to be a CO, which is a correctional officer. So Priscilla's like, I know the game. I recognize game. And Eris is like, well, yeah, I want you to talk to him. He's my everything. He's my true love. (laughs) First of all. Only things crackheads say. It's just interesting. But she's worried about where he's getting his money. He keeps trying to throw down cash to pay for stuff. And she's like, where is the money coming from? You're my everything. And Cameron's like, stop asking me questions and just enjoy. So. Look, cool. Stop asking me, cool. He's like, I'm not used to having to explain where I get my money or how I spend my money. Because <laughs> hoes don't care. It's so confusing. So Priscilla's talks with Cameron and it's basically the whole... If you mess with her, I'm going to mess with you type of thing. She's like, just be cautious around that girl. You know, she means a lot. And he's like, I know she means a lot. And he tells her respectfully, I don't got to show you anything. (laughs) I just have to show it to her. And she's like, okay. They also touch on Cameron's relationship with her daughter, Lena. Eris's daughter, Lena. And how they're supposedly close. They just played by the beach water, so I don't know. Apparently, apparently they're scared of pelicans and uh, other big-ass birds. That was a big bird. That was a big behind bird. So, moving on to the next couple. Calvin's favorite, uh, Sarah and Sean. Go ahead and tell us about Sarah and Sean, Calvin. On the last episode, Sarah was on her way thinking about if she should let what's the her, her daughter's father's name. Wow, what did you say? On the last episode, she was debating whether she should let her ex see his daughter for, like, I guess the first time or something like that. A third time? Anthony, yeah. Anthony's seen her as a baby, but hasn't seen her since. And now she's eight. So now she decides, I'm going to let Anthony meet her, but I'm not going to tell who he is. Mm-hmm. And we're just going to meet at the park. So they meet at the park, and she's, like, telling her daughter, this is just mom's friend. Which, again, odd. Her daughter's eight, not three. You don't think she can put pieces together? Anyway. Kids they, are dumb. It's a little cute moment, though, for them. Anthony is uh, 
basically making friends. If you ask me, he's kind of tweaking, but that's just me. <laughs> Baby. But, but him and Abby are having a good time. And he's in awe of how much she looks like him. And he thanks Sarah for letting them visit. And then they got a skedaddle because Sean is blowing up Sarah's phone. <laughs> and she has not told him about the whole Anthony situation. So then they get home. She tells the daughter, don't tell Sean that what happened. Just tell him we went to the park and we had a good time. Yeah. And she goes, okay, mom. So they walk in and this special dude has put a whole damn pool in the living room. It's a jacuzzi. An inflatable one. I've never seen an inflatable jacuzzi that comes with a remote control. Look at me like I've seen one. I had never. He literally blew up a jacuzzi to put in the living room and filled it up with water. He put, did you see the balloons he chose for his romantic endeavor, Calvin? I saw balloons. I didn't read them. The balloons he put around there is like a yellow happy face. There's another one that says happy birthday. If this is supposed to be a romantic surprise, what are these balloons about? Or you just got balloons to get balloons. It's the thought that counts, damn it. Is it a thought? So yeah. It's the thought. It's just so random. And I spent my whole day getting balloons and blowing up. You know how much air I had to put into that, blowing it up? That uh, jacuzzi? I'm confused. Then I filled it with water. I'm confused. And I don't understand how this is a happy surprise. And the look on Sarah's face tells me she agrees with me. Where she's like, okay. No. All right. The look on her face was guilt. Well, she does later do an aside and talk about how she feels guilty and she feels like crap because she's keeping this from him. Um, she, I guess she puts her daughter upstairs to go to sleep or whatever. Sean's like, just, why don't you just uh, join me in the pool? Not the pool, can, the jacuzzi, Calvin. The jacuzzi and we can have a nice little us time. And I know you said you wanted me to spend more time with you, be more attentive. And that's what I did. He didn't say any of that. But he did say, go upstairs and change and we can maybe have some time together. So, they go. she goes upstairs and time advances very rapidly because all of a sudden it is nighttime. And she's in pajamas and not a bathing suit. And Sean's looking at her, already half-dressed in this jacuzzi. Like, what are you doing? What's happening right now? Thought we were enjoying this jacuzzi. Penis out because he was listening to Smokey Robinson and he had some Bluetooth. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Orgasm. Number one song already playing. Because when Sarah tells him she's not in the mood to jump in that jacuzzi, he is pissed. And then he starts playing Three Six Mafia. I'm about to tear this house up. Sean would never listen to rap. So Calvin did bring up a point that he sided with Sean on, which is that he's finally doing what Sarah wanted him to do and now she doesn't want it. No, it's guilt. So now she doesn't know what to do. So now Sean is confused, which it doesn't take a lot to confuse Sean. <laughs> He's not the, the sharpest knife in the kitchen. Uh-huh. So now he's confused did did. <laughs> he doesn't know what to do. Mm -hmm. So now he's thinking she's cheating. I'm just going to I don't know that he thinks there. that she's cheating, but he is mad that he went through all this effort and he, he put like rose petals on the ground, candles, all kinds of stuff. And it's exactly what she wanted. She wanted more attention and she's like, nah, not tonight. We're on this show. They're all going to just go to the worst possible thing they can think of. He thinks she's cheating. 
that um I he doesn't say that out loud. If that's what he's thinking, maybe, but he doesn't say it out loud. Next is Blaine and Lindsay, Calvin's other favorite couple. Blaine. I'm not gonna lie, I'm still confused by their storyline. I'm not exactly sure what the biggest beef is. But they open it back up with Lindsay. Lindsay wants to be able to control everything. I guess. If she can't control it, it's it's a problem. Henceforth, Blaine for Blaine Forrest Gump is not telling her everything. So or she thinks he's not capable of handling the problem issue he has. So okay, so to be fair, we're dealing the storyline with Blaine and Lindsay is that he has these legal issues he didn't tell Lindsay about, and now he's got fifteen to twenty years hanging over his head, depending on how they can shake that out. And the lawyer at the time asked for fifteen grand to get it resolved. Since then, though, Blaine got a call from the lawyer saying that he was able to negotiate house arrest and that his fee is actually going to be slightly lower than what he quoted as 15 grand. But Blaine hasn't told Lindsay any of that. So Lindsay's spiraling and trying to figure out how to get this money together and what they're going to do about the time he might be facing. She decides she's going to call in on her debts. She's spiraling because she's crazy. Hell. Yes. I can't, honestly, if somebody I cared about was facing that kind of stuff, I would be freaking out too. Okay. Okay. So she's like, you know, when, before I went to jail, I fronted a lot of people some money and now they got to pay. Now up. I got to get back in these streets, cuz. So I, I got to get my money, man. I'm like, what happens if they don't pay? What is she going to do? It's the thuggers righteous Lindsay. She makes a call to her friend and is like, yo, you owe me 800 and I need you to talk to this other person who owes me a grand. Her friend's like, okay, I'm on it. I guess she called End a, of discussion. She called a muscle her group said, look, I need you to go out there and get, get that paper. We never see her actually get that paper. Anyway. But she tells Blaine, look, action. And I, it was a phone call. It was, okay. Anyway, so then Blaine wants her to meet his dad. His pop shows up. And that meeting was interesting. He goes, mm-mm-mm. That's a nice piece of uh, vanilla right there, boy. Basically. Mm-mm-mm. He, he, all right, all right, all right. He sees Lindsay immediately. He's like, well, look at what we got here. Yeah, yummy, yummy, yummy. I see something He takes off my eyes his, and my tummy. He takes his sunglasses off. He is staring her up and down. Mm-mm-mm. He keeps saying, wow. Wow, you, wow, you, wow, you, wow. <laughs> Lindsay starts looking uncomfortable. She's like, okay. And he's like, you can call me Pops. You can and call me Pops. She's like, okay. <laughs> Mr. Pops, if you're nasty. So they have their little discussion. She's talking with Pops and Blaine. Pops is telling her a little bit of Blaine's backstory. He was a good kid. Apparently, he also was his dad's wingman. That is troubling. Blaine got me a lot of lot of cut up, if you know what I mean, Miss Lindsay. He said dates. And then uh, Lindsay's got to excuse herself to go get her daughter because they have a little shopping spree that they're going to do and getting a purity ring for her daughter, which is another side discussion. But basically, Blaine's father's like, Lindsay's a very sharp one. You need to watch out for that. I'm not sure what that means entirely. She's kind of sharp there, Blaine. You know, you kind of, uh, how you say your mom dropped you a couple of times. No. We're not going to talk about that. Anyway, Blaine tells his dad he was able to secure that house arrest deal. That's, that's good news, huh? And that's, his that's dad's good, like, okay. fine good news. His dad's like, okay. And he's like, yeah, I haven't told Lindsay yet. And it's happening today. So the same day. <laughs> That all of this is going on. He's supposed to be showing up at court. Right on, right on, right to on. To get things that started for the process of him basically doing his house arrest and owning up to all of these warrants he had. You know what would be crazy? If that whole thing's a setup and he's going to 
jail. That's what I said to you, Calvin, and you said no. Anyway. Anyway. My ideas, my thoughts. No. So, but Blaine's dad is like, why didn't you just tell Lindsay this is happening today? And he's like, well, I want to show her I can take care of it myself. I'm like, I don't know. This is the greatest plan. Plot twist. He's going to jail. It's so interesting. Meanwhile, Lindsay's having a little moment with her daughter, getting her this purity ring. She tells her daughter that she got pregnant at 14 with her. Uh, The father was 16. He lit a candle and then went deer hunting right after. So, you know, it was a magical moment. He played some 96 degrees or 98 degrees, whatever their name that name is. 96 degrees. What is, what is that? <laughs> 98 degrees. Or some Backstreet Boys. Because I want it that way. I don't know. Tell me why. I'm just imagining it being broad daylight and he lit a candle. Well, like what? For what? Anyway. He had to kill a dare smell of death in, I, this, in this house. Maybe. So, but that's really it for Blaine and Lindsay. On to Chance and Taylor. I'm not going to lie. The way they opened this for Chance and Taylor, the storyline this episode, I was so confused. They're, they started off by them going to a financial advisor. One, I didn't even know that they were looking into that. They had made no mention of that up until this episode. Two, this poor financial advisor gives zero financial advice. She just kind of sits there like a forced counselor to listen to them fight about their money situation. But what did we learn, Kevin? We learned... That apparently either I almost said the N word. This dude <laughs> is not going to work or not working enough hours and spending a lot of his time in the casinos. It was so random. The lady asked, "How much do you make, Chance?" He said, "75 a year." She said, "Okay." And then he said, "I have seven credit cards," and she said, "That's a lot of credit cards." Well, the lady next to me she called BS on the seventy-five thousand a year. <laughs> so, <laughs> let's just start there. She's like, "That's a lot of credit cards." He's like, "Well, my credit cards range from like three hundred to seven hundred. She was like, "Okay," and then he's like, "But I'm not." Um, he basically he made it sound like he's got those credit cards in control. We know he's overspent on all of them, but whatever. Uh, then he says he works overtime. But also says he leaves work early to go gamble at like 12 or 1. I would love how to, I would love to know how you even make 40 hours if you're leaving work early to go gamble. Didn't he say he's not even making 40 hours? I said he wasn't even making 40 hours. He said he works 46 hours. And then he changed that to 42 because Taylor was like, how are you doing that if you leave When you're early? gambling, you don't know the time nor the place you are. It's just gamble. First of all, it's the first time we heard that he he's even gambling. Firstly, we just thought he was spending uncontrollably. Well, we're gonna finally have lots of vices in this goddamn episode. It is so. just so so. Taylor is upset, and she is done with it. And on her little aside, she's like, "If he is taking time to lie to me about the casino, maybe he's also lying about cheating on me." And she decides to snoop through Chance's phone while he's in the shower. So now her eyes are whirling up like that little fairy. Uh, Fairy. You know those little uh, dolls they had back in the day with the little the little furries. I think they were called or the furries. Furbies. Furbies. Yeah. So now she looks like a little furby. Furbies can't cry. I, but she looked like one when she started to cry. So random. So then she's looking through Chance's phone. She come across a, a across person. a text that says, "Click for Sophia pics." <laughs> and apparently, it's like little nudie pics. It looks like a texting service. Where you pay to get these nudie photos sent to you. So it looks like he's addicted to porn too. 
But then she comes across a communication with a contact that's labeled work Jess. And it looks like he sent out a photo and received a photo. And she gets upset. She starts throwing his stuff outside and now, lighting it on fire. She's burning down the goddamn house. Not the house. She took it away from the house. She put it in a little fire pit they got and she burned his clothes. All of his supplements that she cleared off that counter. Lots of Viagra. And she's just like, you're lying to me. How about you tell Jess about it? He runs out that shower. He said, baby, not my Smokey Robson tapes. Not that. <laughs> so, but he tells her she's going to sleep in the, in the They're garage. They're going in the garage. <laughs> you know what? That's pimp type. That's pimp shit right there. That's my man. That's my new, that's my new man. Goodness Chance. You going in the garage now, little lady. You just lost your, your couch. You don't even get the couch. You going in the garage. And they end it there. And I'm not sure what we actually learned. You do that. You going in, you going outside in the backyard. So many, I have so much confusion and I don't understand what's happening. And then we move on to my favorite couple, which is the uh, insanity that is Michael and Justine. Michael's son, Michael Jr. is now living with Justine and their three children. I had to remember and figure out who the hell that was. Your rapper, Michael, a.k.a. Montana, oh. Montana Mills, a.k.a. Oh. The couple that dresses alike. Every episode. Every episode. Oh my God! When does it die? When when does it die? I thought it was Justine. It's him. He wants this. He likes them being this coordinated at all times. Who hurt him? I don't, it's a control thing. That's a that's a control thing. I think the last woman he w was with didn't want to wear anything like him, and cheated. So now he's like the next girl I get gonna have to dress just like me. <laughs> so everybody knows she with me. I, I don't mean, want any yes. doubts. Because they stay dressing up exactly like each other. It's sickening. He is trying to get permission to move to Las Vegas from his PO, his, uh, who was, what, a probation officer? Yes. Uh, because, you know, he's supposed to be paroling to Pennsylvania, which is where they live. And now he wants to move to Las Vegas, Nevada. But he gets the agreement. They agree that he can go ahead and make the move. So he, instead of Houston, Vegas, Atlanta, he chose Vegas. He ch you know, the Mid-Southwest. Yeah. <laughs> First South, of all, Midwest, South Midwest, Las the, Vegas. It's literally the West. I don't know where <laughs> the, the hell he got mid from or whatever. Sure. But anywho, he wants to jump on moving immediately. So he calls his sister and is like, hey, can you stay with our kids for the next eight days so we can look at houses in Las Vegas? Question. When did Vegas become a big rap scene? Never. <laughs> so what's the Never. point to Vegas? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Why Vegas? I think because it's a bigger city. That's the only thing I can think of. Because they're that in Pennsylvania. That has nothing to do with nothing. If you're trying to be a rapper, why won't you go to the city where all the rappers are coming from? Calvin, before Vegas, he wanted to go to Texas. Where in Texas were they going to be at? Whatever. Anywho, so my brain hurts. If my, I wish a family member would call me the night of and be like, Hey, I need you to come watch my kids for the next week and a half. You got watch my kids money. I just, just so many questions, but Anne agrees to it and comes over with her wife and she immediately spots that Justine's pregnant and asks Mike about it later when they're looking for new engagement rings together. And she's just, cause Michael surprises his sister by taking her to the jeweler to get these rings for Justine. So she points out that she noticed that Justine has a, has a tummy now. Her stomach is growing. And this chick is just eating dry cereal. cereal. 
straight out of a little jar. Look yeah. like Fruit Loops, if you ask me. It was Fruit Loops. So yeah, I know my cereal. So she's like, "You don't think y'all moving like the speed of lightning right now? Like you just got out, you moved in with her kids, you moved your son in with her. She's pregnant now, and you're gonna move to Las Vegas." Listen to me. You can't tell stupid that they're stupid. It is. She's like, you about to have eight kids. Like, you're like, what is, you have four, she has three, and now another one's on the way. And he's like, well, I didn't want to tell you because I didn't want to hear all of this. And it's like, what, actual facts? Like, what are you talking about? But he's like, listen, let me worry about that. I'm going to figure it out. Help me pick a ring out for Justine. Aren't they married already anyway? They are already married. Why are we, I, I, once again, why are all these people doing every everything backwards? Well, I mean, to his his credit, he was in jail. He couldn't do the whole bring proposal like he wanted to, which is what his rationalization is. This is so that we can do the whole romantic. So they got paper rings in jail? What, what, what did he do in jail? She bought her own ring. He gave her money for her to buy her own ring. So she has a ring. Yeah, but he wants to be he wants to upgrade it because they've been married, you know, for a week and he wants to propose to her. At no point did he go, "Huh, I might need money to buy this sandlot in Vegas and build this mansion that I want to build it on." I don't think they understand how expensive it is to live in Vegas. Anyway, so he he drops 5 grand on a ring. To give to Justine later. Don't worry, his record label mate already got that figured out. Listen, so speaking of his record label mate, I don't even know that he's signed to a record label. I just know he has a manager. So this manager named Mocha, he calls Michael. First of all, <laughs> if your manager's named Mocha, mm-hmm. I know you don't have no money. Well, so he call, he calls Michael. Michael tells him about the move to Las Vegas. <laughs> Is Mocha his government name? I don't know. But Is that Mocha, how he sounds, signs all his checks? Mocha. Does he get Mocha checks? Latte? So, but... He uh, he's excited for Michael to move to Las Vegas. He's like, "All right, we're gonna up our our business. Our business is gonna be moving now." Build that brand, Charlie. He's like, "That's so exciting!" And he's like, "As long as you're not bringing the wife with you." And Michael's like, "Like, yeah, of course I'm bringing the wife. <laughs> of course I'm bringing the wife and the family with me." And Mocha is upset. He's like, "Listen, if 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 you are gonna bring the family, how about you not wear a ring then?" So that player. we can help promote you. The cream only rises to the top, player. Mocha latte, baby. Mocha is not on board with Michael being married. I don't think it's anything personal against Justine. I think he just doesn't want Michael married for whatever reason. I think Mocha latte want Michael. It is very confusing. He very much does not like Justine. But to my surprise, after Michael gets off the phone with Mocha, he immediately tells Justine about the phone call he had. And how Mocha wants him to remove his ring. And her response is just very much like, well, he's just going to have to deal with it because I'm not going anywhere. That's what Tweety Bird said. That's too funny. And that's really all of the couples. And then we saw the preview for next week, which Calvin can't wait to watch. Can't wait. It's going down. Also, we saw the, saw the return of Marcelino and What's-Her-Face. I want to call her, well, Brittany. We saw the return of Marcelino and Brittany. Did, didn't you like Viking Face? You say you like Viking Face. She's cute. I did like Viking and she is cute, but I didn't like their last storyline. That storyline was so forced. It was Marcelino supposedly cheating on her. It was her beating up her friend. That olden face looking girl is cute to you. Yeah. Okay. Let's not even go there. Oh. Oh. I realized I didn't even show the other couple. What couple? So, uh, so in 
I want to say love during lockup was was it was before this one where we where we met Michael and Justine and Monique and Derek. There was that white couple that you thought that girl looked cute. Yeah, I don't remember exactly forgettable. So, yep. but yeah, that's pretty much it for Love After Lockup. It was an okay episode for me. It didn't really share shed a whole lot of light on a lot of stuff that's going on with everybody. To me, it felt like a filler episode. I laughed. I cried. I riveting, riveting TV. Riveting. <laughs> oh my god! You know the little blonde. What? He's just making a hand movement. Blonde guy with the little blonde. Oh. He was riveting. He was riveting. The old guy that came and talked to uh, Lindsay. Oh, oh, he was just in love. In love with his new daughter-in-law. Mm-hmm. Just riveting. This is great TV. His daughter-in-law who's not his daughter. Oh, that's right. He was like, Blaine will marry you. Like, immediately. Oh, just riveting. Now, honestly, this episode was, eh, mm-hmm. piss posh. <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> piss posh. Piss posh. All right. All right, thank you for tuning in for We Like That podcast. Because we like that. If you enjoy this podcast, please stick around. More chaotic episodes are coming down the pike. I'm Joe. I'm Calvin. We'll see you next time.